church to go to the back and go downstairs and go to children's church. And uh, as the choir comes to join you, let's bow for a moment of prayer. I'd like to pray for Jeff as he comes to lead us in God's word. Let's bow, please. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us for the privilege that we have to come and to worship you and to share back some of the love that you have given us so bountifully down through the years. Lord, we pray that we will be attentive to your word. Be with Jeff as he brings it to us and uh, just give him the strength, the courage, and the words of wisdom that you can only give to him. We just pray that uh, this worship service will be a blessing to you and a blessing to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for coming today, and uh, thank you for being here. To, and uh, I want to thank Brian for allowing me to do this. Now, today's scripture reading is going to be a little lengthy, but bear with me. I promise I will still try to get you ahead, out ahead of the lunch crowd, okay? Because I know, <laughs> you know, you figure when the uh, fill-in preacher's coming, I'm going to get ahead of everybody. So, you know, I want to make sure that uh, we get out ahead of time. All right, today's scripture reading is from Exodus 14, and I'm going to read all the verses 1 through 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Phi-Havra, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea, directly opposite of Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion hemmed in by the desert, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? What have, we have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariots made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all of the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pharaoh, opposite Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Did we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Don't be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, 
You need only to be still. When the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, the chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillars of clouds also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the uh, Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of the chariots so that they were difficult driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, And the Israelites saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Now, one of the popular songs on Christian radio right now is a song by Francesca Battistelli and Stephanie Gretzinger. It's called Defender. In the song, the individual sings the praises of God who goes before her, even without asking, to defend against her enemies. As the song's first few lyrics state, you go before me, I know that you've, that you've even before you've even known that to win that, let me start again. You go before me, I know that you've even gone to win my war. You've come back with the head of my enemy You come back and you call it my victory. You go before I know that you've gone to win the war. Your love becomes my greatest defense. It leads me from my dry wilderness. While the song never tells us, we can infer from the lyrics that the individual in this song had always acted first. When faced with a wrong, they had always took matters into their own hands. However, at this moment, they chose not to. As she sings, rather than move, rather than take matters into her own hands, we are told, all I did was praise, all I did was worship, all I did was bow down, and all I did was stay still. 
While her instincts always told her to take action, this time she chose to trust in the Lord. After experiencing the victory the Lord brought, she finally admits, you have saved me so much better your way. And that brings us back to our scriptures for today. In these verses, we find that the Israelites have finally escaped from the Egyptians and Pharaoh. Having endured the numerous plagues brought upon them, including the uh, death of all firstborn males, the Egyptians gladly let the Israelites leave, allowing them to take their flocks and their herds and giving them gold, silver, and cloth to take as well. After wandering for a few days, the Lord tells Moses to camp by the sea and wait. As the Bible tells us, the Lord had a plan, a plan to show others his might and strength, not just to the enemies of Israel, but to the Israelites as well. In his instructions, God told Moses to camp by the sea. As as he stated, he wanted Pharaoh to believe that the Israelites were hemmed in between the army and the sea. He wanted Pharaoh to be confident of victory. And at the same time, he wants the Israelites to realize that when things seem hopeless, when they find themselves in what seems like a no-win situation with their backs against the wall, or as in this case, the sea, they are never without hope. The Lord is there to fight their battles for them if they only believe. However, as we shall see in a moment, this lesson was a difficult one for them to learn, and they almost missed it. As God promised Moses, he hardened Pharaoh's heart once again. And as we are told in verse 5, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them. So they decided to pursue them and bring them back to Egypt. Immediately, we are also told that Pharaoh got his chariot and his army ready. We are also told that this army consisted of 600 of his best chariots and all other chariots of Egypt. This was a massive force indeed. You see, in the ancient Egyptian military, chariots were an elite force. They were used much like our armored vehicles are today. They would go out ahead of the infantry as a first strike weapon. While not as mobile as our current all-terrain vehicles that we have today, chariots were quick when they were on the appropriate terrain. With one driver and one soldier armed with a bow and a spear, the chariot would strike through the line and provide an opening for the foot soldiers behind to advance. To unarmed individuals like the Israelites, the sight of such a force would strike terror into their hearts. Accustomed to moving quickly, the Egyptians overtook the Israelites where they camped, and they were preparing to attack. Now, how did the Israelites react? Just as you suspected, they panicked. Now, these are men, women, and children who had seen the power of the Lord. They had witnessed the plagues that had been brought on the Egyptians. They had seen the Egyptians allow them to leave. And they had witnessed the Egyptians give their treasures to them. Yet, here they faced a difficult, almost hopeless situation. And rather than remember what God did for them in the past and ask for his help, they chose to turn on Moses. In verses 12 and 13, we are told the Israelites said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? 
What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say that to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the desert. Now these are the same people who earlier had been severely oppressed by the Egyptians and had cried out to God for a savior. As God told Moses in Exodus 3, 7, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their oppressors, and I am aware of their sufferings. Now Moses was the man that God had sent to save his people. And now these same people are telling Moses and God that they really didn't want to be saved, that they were fine working for the Egyptians, and it would have been better off to endure all the hardships than to be slaughtered in the desert. Yet before we think ill of these Israelites, let's remember that the Bible is full of instances when people were faced with adversity that individuals turned away rather than turned toward God. For example, in 1 Kings 19, we are told that after Elijah had killed all the prophets of Baal with God's help, he chose to flee when Jezebel sought to kill him. In 2 Kings 6, 8 through 22, we are told that after Elijah had helped the king of Israel avoid an ambush by the Armenians, that the king of Aram sent a large force of men and chariots to surround him in the city of Dothan and ultimately kill him. But when the servant got up the next morning and saw the force, he was afraid. It was only after Elisha asked the Lord to open the servant's eyes that he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding the Armenians. And in Numbers 13 and 14, we are told that later in the Israelites' journey to the Promised Land, Moses sends out spies to survey and report on the land. When they returned, they told everyone that the land is good, but the people were too strong to defeat. Only Joshua and Caleb were willing to go on in. As a result of their lack of faith, the Israelites wandered in the desert for another 40 years. So in this instance, when the Israelites first faced certain death at the hands of the Egyptians, Moses addressed the masses and he told them, Don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you you, you need only to be still. So like the individual in the song Defender, Moses is telling the Israelites that they need not fear, nor do they need to take action. God knows what they face and will fight their battle for them. He will go out ahead of them and return with the head of the enemy. All they need to do in return is to do as the individual in the song did. Praise God, worship him, bow down before him, and stay still and watch. Now when God heard the cries of the Israelites, he was not pleased. He asked them why they cried out to him and then told them to move on. It was at that moment that God took action to prove to the Israelites that he would always be there for them and that he would always be their defender. As he told Moses, I will gain, I will gain uh, glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. He then instructed Moses to raise his staff, 
stretch out his hand over the sea to divide the waters so the Israelites could pass through on dry ground. Moses did as instructed, and the waters were parted by a strong east wind. Immediately, the Israelites began to pass through with a wall, a wall of water on both sides of them. Prior to this, God had sent the angel of God to the rear behind the Israelites. God in the pillar of cloud also moved behind and brought darkness to the Egyptians and light to the Israelites. After the Israelites were well on their way to the other side of the sea, God allowed the Egyptians to pursue. Pharaoh, his horses, chariots, his army followed the Israelites into the sea. And as the Egyptians got further into the sea, God threw their army into confusion. He jammed the wheels of the chariots and made them almost impossible to drive. And it doesn't say, but I suspected he also spooked the horses as well. And also he struck fear into the hearts of the Egyptian soldiers. Finally, they started to realize what was going on. As the Bible tells us, the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting them, for them against Egypt. However, by the time they made this realization, it was too late. As they started to retreat, God had Moses stretch his hand back over the sea, and immediately the water started to close up. The Egyptians found themselves trapped. By daybreak, the water had returned to where it once was. And the Bible tells us that Pharaoh's entire army had pursued the Israelites into the sea, and not a one of them survived. The Israelites, meanwhile, were able to pass through the wall of water on dry ground to the other side. And on that very day, the Lord had defended the Israelites from the Egyptian pursuers. The Bible tells us that seeing all of the Egyptians lying dead on the shore, that the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. So looking at these passages of Scripture, what can we learn? The key to understanding the lessons from these passages can be found in verses 13, 14, and 15. In verse 13, Moses first told the people, Do not be afraid. After seeing the Pharaoh's army, the chariots, and the sea to their back, the Israelites panicked. They blamed Moses and God for putting them in this situation. They started to wish for the familiar. If only we had stayed in Egypt, things would be so much better than facing certain death. And this is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to focus on your circumstances so you don't remember your faith. In Matthew 29, 31, we are told that Peter got out of the boat and walked on water. As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, all was fine. Then he took his eyes off Jesus and started to notice the wind and waves around him. Looking at his circumstances, he began to sink. Yet when Jesus took him by the hand, he rose again. We need to learn from this and from the lessons of the Israelites. All seemed hopeless in their eyes. However, we serve a supernatural God who sees more than we see. God is in control. He knows the outcome, and there is no need to panic. Next, Moses tells the people to stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Fear can have two meanings. It can stand for face everything and run, or face everything and rise. The first is easy. 
we encounter a situation and rather than, you know, face it, we choose to turn and run away. Doing this means we succumb to the enemy. It also means that we show we have little faith in God and his power. And finally, it means we miss out on a blessing that the Lord had on the other side of the difficulty waiting for us. Now, while the Israelites were ready to turn and run, Moses was ready to meet fear with strong faith. He knew God was with them, and he knew that God would not fail them. He had delivered them in the past, and he knew God would deliver them now. Moses then tells them, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And there is the key, be still. And that is easier said than done. Again, when we face a trial, the last thing we want to do is to stand still and wait on the Lord. However, Psalms 37, 7 tells us, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Now, how do we do this? Well, first of all, we want to focus on the scriptures. Read, hear, meditate on, memorize, and study the Bible. Focus on really hearing God, not just learning the scriptures. How can we counter the false messages of the enemy if we don't know what the truth is? Second, we want to pray. Don't just ask God for things, but really listen to him. Don't just ask for him to take you out of the situation, but ask him to use the situation to make you better and stronger and to further his kingdom. And then also we just want to be, you just need to be still. Being silent and still, of course, is one of the toughest things we can do. Yet how can we truly hear God if we are constantly filling our mind with noise or worrying about what we should be doing now while we are sitting and waiting to hear from God? The enemy would like nothing better than to cloud your mind with lots of useless junk. Finally, in verse 15, God tells Moses, tell the Israelites to move on. Once we hear from God, then it is time to move forward. And this is important. You notice that in the scriptures that God did not tell the Israelites to move backwards. No, he tells Moses to stretch out his hands and staff, parting the waters in front of them. God was revealing a path forward, not one backwards. You will also notice that it is God's power that is allowing them to move forward. Without the strength of God, the sea would not part. God asked us to be still. He asked us to pray. He asked us to study. However, once we hear from him, then he asked us to be obedient and to move forward. Forward in his strength knowing that no matter what we face, he is with us. Our problem will be a problem no more. As Moses told the people, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And that is the same promise God gives us. If we only don't fear, stand firm, be still, and move forward. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity that I had today to bring this message to the folks here, and I just uh, ask that it, uh, that it moves them and that uh, it helps them to realize that when we face those tough situations, those times when 
we just don't know what to do. Rather than try to take it into our own hands, take those matters in our own hands and to do something, we should just wait for you. Wait for you to take up our mantle. Wait for you to take up our defense. And wait for you to help us through each and every situation. Now as we get ready to end this service, I just ask that uh, you just open everybody's heart, minds, ears, and eyes and help them to remember that message. And I just ask this in your name, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen.